Welcome to the About Sex Podcast. I'm Joshua Skirtu, and with me as always is our resident sex therapist, Angela Skirtu. Hi, Angela. Hi, Josh. And who's with us today? <laughs> today, uh, Jamie Heidelman is with us. She is a trans and LGBTQAI plus cultural competency educator and diversity and inclusion consultant, executive director of TES, the Trans Education Service. And um, just a quick bio for you. Uh, after 24 years in the corporate world, from key account sales, sales training, to sales management, Jamie felt the need as a trans woman to advocate and speak out for trans and LGBTQAI plus issues. I like doing it just like that. I think it's fun. Um, first volunteering with MTUG, Metro Trans Umbrella Group in St. Louis, she eventually became board president and still collaborates, collaborates with MTUG today. Um, aware of the rapidly changing needs in the trans community, she began consulting as a trans cultural competency educator. And then um, extra things that maybe you might want to speak to are DAP, TES, LLC. We don't need to go into <laughs> We'll all get that. to WPATH, yeah. GEA, GEI, okay. and all of those important Nobody knows what all soon. those acronyms are, but we'll get to those. They're important to us, but we'll, we'll get to them. them. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Uh, so first of all, we're going to talk about Roy Moore. Yeah. Which... Get into today's topic so that's popular. Recently, <laughs> this man was accused by multiple women of sexually assaulting or harassing them. Mm-hmm. And m- most of them were underage when it happened. Like a lot of them were 17 and 14 year old girls. Okay. And so that's been in, in the air a lot right now. And all of a sudden the election comes up mm-hmm. and he doesn't drop out. Everybody's like, you should drop out. But our president says, no, no, no. Your president? Our, oh, so I don't know all of president. the steps to this story. Yeah, so the so president's like, no, you're pr- fine. The president of the United oh, States, States is like, no, no, no. You stay in. It's okay. Like their mindset is, <laughs> even if it's a pedophile, even if this person is a pedophile, as long as he's not a Democrat, they're okay with it. What? Really? That is 100% <laughs> their mindset is that pedophile... Mm-hmm. Pedophiles go here. They're mm-hmm. the worst of the worst, but Democrats are even under that. Jamie, what are your thoughts on this case? And by the way, feel free to cut in any time. We really just break in and banter. Oh, yeah. So don't ever feel like you have to wait to speak. Yeah, because uh, you'll never get that <laughs> You'll chance. never get that okay. So what are your Fair thoughts enough. about this? Um, you mentioned uh, the person currently occupying the, the White House. Yeah, Ugh. Trump. I um, sensed a little disdain in your <laughs> Really? I, I thought I was moderating that better. Well, she, she did at least call him a person. Yeah, she did call him a person. And that's more than a oh, lot of okay, people that's do. that's pretty humane of you. Yeah, definitely. He's, not, he's not pumpkin Hitler or something. <laughs> you know? so there Continue. you go. So it's interesting that, you, you know, he only came out and openly supported Roy Moore's candidacy last week mm-hmm. um, after Al Franken's revelation came about. Because Mm -hmm. with that, I think a lot of people, including the RNC, assume, well, this will take the pressure off of Roy. And it it won't be a Republican issue. Oh, well, it's an everybody issue now. And so Mm -hmm. the RNC turned Moore's funding back on because when the, when, yeah. yeah, Because if everybody's doing it, why wouldn't we elect him? Told them, like, Uh, send him money. We need to make sure. Because they want a lot of Republicans in office. That's a part of it. they, They feel like the pedophiles are a big demographic for them. So they really want to make sure to get all the pedophiles down in the South to really, really stay on board with the Republican Party. They don't want to lose them to the Green Party, you know? Oh, no, I agree with that. that makes <laughs> You're sense. killing me. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. So there's that. And 
And then it was just astonishing, um, you know, that the guy who um, had completely supported uh, Roy Moore's opponent, Luther Strange, Mm -hmm. in the primary and who is currently temporarily occupying the seat, you know, suddenly comes on board last week, full guns ahead. And that's when, you know, people, I think, in Alabama realize this is these are our choices. They've had not quite two weeks to think about it. And um, and friends I have in Alabama, you know, who are more liberal say that you know they didn't expect to, to come down to this either they yeah really didn't yeah it's, it's 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 an insane world where everything goes it seems now well that, i think i felt the same way about the presidency i mean i i assumed that when he said you could just grab people's pussies we do try to keep a pg but that is what he said if the president if, says if the president, it it's g it's g that's apparently. a g word now it's and said thought, on the news like, surely that would like turn wow. people off from this person but somehow he still ended up elected so like where's this country going <laughs> i don't know and with this election he actually only lost by 1.5 percent that means half of the people in alabama who voted for this person they vote they voted for him like who are they who are these, these I think people? there are some people who are really strongly connected to their party regardless of anything about the person what are your thoughts, though? I think she they wants, also don't Jamie read. wants to say something here. Go too. for it. I think it's even more entrenched than party politics. Okay. Because a lot of the folks interviewed self-describe. Um, this is both before uh, the election and in the exit polling. Mm-hmm. They self-describe as evangelical Christians. And mm-hmm. for them, there are two priorities. Yeah. And that's having uh, a Republican-dominated Senate. So when the Senate rules change, the simple majority can now approve a Supreme Court nominee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, you know, with Moore, oh, if Moore had I been see. in Washington, then it would guarantee that they would get another SCOTUS pick in mm-hmm. who was radically anti-abortion rights. Mm-hmm. So that's for uh, a whole big chunk of right. the Alabama electorate. It was about abortion. And and a lot of them said that same thing about, like, Trump. Like, they were like, we're going to vote for him just because we think he's going to go for the abortion rights, no matter how terrible of a person he is in any other arena. Yeah, so it's they're very strongly pro-life. And then the second thing is? The second thing is uh, they absolutely detest um, same-gender marriage. Mm-hmm. They detest yep. LGBT marriage rights, LGBT mm-hmm. people. Uh, legal recognition, yeah. LGBT people. People, yeah. Yeah, just they, people. So <laughs> they yeah. want to roll back Roe v. Wade, and they want to roll back Obergefell versus Hodge. They Hodges. want their rights mm-hmm. back to hate. They want them back. They want to take them back. That's That's sad, but that's kind of true. I mean, like, (sighs) they want to take it back to the olden times. Back in the olden days, we got to do everything hateful. Yeah, and no repercussions. It was normalized, and that's not okay. Yeah, Yeah. and that's what they want. As if you know, equality and civil rights were a zero sum proposition. And if LGBT people, if we gain it, then suddenly they lose something. But that's actually not true at all. No. Yeah, they're just weird. That's people. I always Angela feel this way after really that. I know. I, I, well, I appreciate that we're doing this. As like a it part sounds of the like you just heard this podcast. news. No, no, it's not that I just heard it. But like, I have this way of like really taking information on. This is probably why I'm a therapist because I can just get lost in these emotions, and I'm just like the horror of life. I just don't want people to do that. I want inclusivity. I want people to love and have empathy. And mm-hmm. I think 
you know, for me, this goes back to like, I think from birth and from childhood, people need to be trained to have deep empathy and understand how they're impacting people so that there can be more inclusivity and mm-hmm. respect for persons. It doesn't matter. Like if you have different values or beliefs, that's fine, but you don't mm-hmm. get to use your values to like guide how people live. Public they, policy. Meant, yeah. Right. I don't appreciate that connection. Yeah. If you want to believe something, go for it. Believe I don't, it. I have don't believe beliefs. in Just unicorns. Just yourself. But the unicorn... <laughs> Your beef, belief in unicorns does not change the fact that you can't have unicorns in the White House. What? It's not going to happen. Where did you just go? <laughs> it's belief. Um, Jamie's got something to no, say No, I'm being here. super silly. <laughs> An analogy that I kind of like is um, the liberal Use unicorns. says, no. <laughs> I want the freedom to live my life mm-hmm. as I see it without harming others. Right. Mm-hmm. And the conservative says, I want the freedom to tell you how to live your life the mm-hmm. way I think you should. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that's, that points to, I think, what's important as far as laws go, is that I think laws should be to protect us from hurting each other. Yeah. And that's kind of it, you know? like That's it. <laughs> other than that, what's the point, you know? Right. You shouldn't tell me what to do with my personal beliefs, my personal behaviors. My vices. My we were joking about vices yeah. earlier today. Right. Like, if I want to drink coffee, I want to drink coffee. If I'm going to smoke crack, I want to smoke crack. Why like, do you have to bug why me does that? It? How does that affect you at all? <laughs> how does it? It Which, doesn't. by the way, we don't smoke crack. And I as a don't. PSA, please don't smoke crack no. it's not great for you don't it's better to drink coffee here's, <laughs> don't smoke crack but if you do i don't think you should go to prison for it no, because I that's gonna so that's already a person who's struggling with crack yeah and then now I'd you're gonna make their life worse treatment. come on anyway that's way off topic i know way off topic but like don't smoke crack the more you know, more you know. <laughs> oh, God. that's probably our best PSA that's our best yet. psa yeah. to date mm-hmm. if you had just it. started making the hand motion yeah. i, I would have been able to sing it with you <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Next time we'll we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. We always do PSAs for every show. (laughs) So silly. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and transition into what's bringing Jamie here today? So one of my questions. I don't think you even noticed you had that pun there. You didn't even knew that. (laughs) Sure. Sure you didn't. (laughs) So tell us about what you do. What do you do? Who are you? (laughs) So um, what I spend most of my time doing um, is. I am a cultural competency and diversity and inclusion uh, educational and training consultant. And I've worked very hard to kind of narrow it down to something as bite-sized as that is. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to take on, isn't there? Really, because by the third or fourth word, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Does not compute. Go on. Um, (laughs) So what does that mean? And for me, um, that work of education and consulting focuses on trans and LGBTQ, LGBTQIA plus mm-hmm. um, acceptance and equality. Largely, my conversations are about general cultural competency, um, and then it narrows in further. Um, I would say on um, workplace equality. What what does diversity in action look like in the workplace? Mm-hmm. So I spend about a third of my time working with corporations of different sizes with their HR departments and with uh, about a third with uh, educational institutions. Sometimes this might be school districts, you know, discussing policy development and implementation. Usually it's with higher education, uh, colleges and universities, and then Mm -hmm. about a third with healthcare. Interesting. And then everything else is that remaining. So people hire you on to be that kind of consultant? Right, right. So I'm, uh, I'm actually not a not-for-profit which Mm -hmm. makes me a little different 
um, an LLC, which is is basically a, a for-profit company, but with a difference. So my business is organized as a social enterprise. So for financial and organizational sustainability after three years, hopefully, um, you know, I'll be able to put food on the table and maintain 40%, a 40% ratio of paid mm-hmm. um, gigs and uh, 60% pro bono. That's cool. And that's my give back to the community. Yeah. So there's still, there is still, it's still pretty much a type of nonprofit to some degree, but you, you just give back have to make money somehow yeah. and live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need money to buy food. Well, honestly, the only Shelter. difference I think between the nonprofits is, is they often are applying for grants, right? And like trying to get paid through that mm-hmm. way. So like, and I think there's all these extra specifications to get that like nonprofit. Yeah. But we're not going to go into that. We're not going to go into that. That's not <laughs> what the show's about. Okay. So what are, what are some of the topics about transgender and people that you end up discussing at these educational uh, avenues, venues? <laughs> So words, words. Josh is not words today. I know I'm not words today either, but continue. <laughs> I feel tongue tied today. Yeah, it's just what is it? I don't know. I started it. Go on. So about half of my facilitations, I'm presenting, um, you know, TES Trans Basics. Okay. Um, the Metro Trans Umbrella Group, MTUG, they have something similar called Trans 101, oh. and there are uh, a couple other organizations that do it. So with mine, um, I use humor um, quite a bit and evidence-based information um, to convey to people, you know, kind of some do's and don'ts, you know, who are trans people, mm-hmm. um, what's, what might be offensive, um, what are some myths. Um, you know, what are some myths? Let's go down that path. Oh, yeah. love right. myths. Those are fun. <laughs> so there's a section in my trans basics where I talk about um, non-plements. So what's a Non-plements? So this <laughs> like is the implements, result. but, but non- non-plements. Well, like compliments, but oh. not. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, okay. okay. Important. So these are the result of... Oh, um, I already can think of some. <laughs> these, like, are the res- <laughs> these are the outcome of good intentions. Mm-hmm. So here are people who want to be affirming to trans people, who want to open up dialogue, but they really just don't know, you know some of the what's okay, what's not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully in this presentation, I give them an idea of that so mm-hmm. that you know, they don't have that barrier to future conversations. But some right. of my very favorite non-plements, um, let me see. You look so much better than that other trans woman who transitioned because life is a beauty contest and we should all be judged by you know our by scale some stranger one yeah. to ten yeah. by complete yeah. strangers yeah and not by the content of our character yeah. um, you ask too much yeah. <laughs> you go too far Jane. i know oh. i know i was think the one i thought of was you look good first you actually can pass maybe right like oh yeah you can that, totally pass. I bet that's a common one yeah <laughs> So that's actually number four on my list. That's that four, one. okay. Right? That's right? funny. <laughs> I thought it, it is, would be. Yeah. I've heard that one a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you look really good for a dude. It's, you know, a yeah. poor trans person, a trans yep, woman yep, is yep. saying, I'm, I'm not, not a dude. Not. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably why. The, the, woman, <laughs> the woman part would, you know, mm-hmm. clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another one might be... Um, you know, you trans people are just so sexy. And I, I'm i still just a little put off when I hear it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's meant to be affirmational. Mm-hmm. 
but it just comes off, you know, trans people are so sexy. It just comes off as so creepy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like, I don't think most people, no matter what trans you are or cisgender, whatever, if you come up to them and say, your people are so sexy. It's just it's like, off-putting. What? It's like, what, it's do like you mean, your what do you mean, people? you people? <laughs> I think anytime you say something your, that starts that yeah. way, like your people. Like, why don't you just say, I'm pretty? Or I don't that? mean to be, I don't, don't mean you to be call judgmental. Me I don't mean to be racist. I don't, if you ever start your sentence with, with I, don't I don't mean, mean to be, be you probably shouldn't finish to it. be that way. It's like, I, I've yep. done this in session all the time. I was like, stop right there. You're about to say something terrible, and I'm going to save you from it. <laughs> Let me save you from yourself there. I know. Yeah. Well, that is my job, to save people from themselves. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Oops, oops. You keep smacking no. the mic. No, this was only the first time, right? <laughs> no. But go on. <laughs> more non-flimits, please. <laughs> so, some or At least others. one more. Your, your favorite. Um, well, it's a tie. It's a tie. Okay. The, so let's this is, hear what those are. Um, one's a non-plement, one is not. So the non-plement mm. would be, um, oh, there are so many to choose from. No rush. It, yeah, I know the, the 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 sound of the dead air is I know. oppressive. Like one, you know, people two, love that on the radio. Three. They totally do. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So, no, I'm just messing with you. One. It made me laugh. That's all that matters. Well, maybe we should go into like the the reason this is important. So, like, um, so why do you, do you, you think people are genuine when they're talking about when they when they're saying mm-hmm. those? Oh, things? I do actually, yeah. and 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 they think they're like giving you brownie points. No, yeah. I don't think people have any bad intention, like you were saying. Yeah, these are the result of good intentions. So, yeah. you know, you know, saying that, you know, I think you, oh, well, that's, that's my favorite. You almost look real. <laughs> oh, ah, like you're that's, fake. That's my very favorite. That's oh, the one I, that's I meant to the say. favorite one. Alternatively, you're <laughs> unreal. You're not. Yeah. You're fake. Yeah. Well, I think this is a result of people just not knowing how to, like, I don't know what to do with my hands, you mm-hmm. know? Like, what am, am I supposed to go here and there? Like, should I? Like, people sometimes just, if you haven't talked to people, if you haven't gotten mm-hmm. comfortable, it's like, what do you say? So you're trying yeah. to be nice. But it's good to just talk to people. So, like, how do you help people kind of work through some of these non-plements and get more comfortable? Sure. <laughs> so I'll I'll say them, okay. and and I think that puts people at ease hearing a trans person in a situation that's safe and comfortable for all parties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to say these words and then kind of break it down, deconstruct it just a little bit with humor. Mm-hmm. So that one, um, my favorite, and I can't imagine I couldn't think of it for a second. You almost look real. Um, I like to approach that one by saying, you know, so if it's me hearing it, um, here are possible reactions that are in my head that I usually mm-hmm. don't see out loud, but I guess I'm going to do it right here on this podcast. <laughs> um, that sounds great. That's, yeah, go for <laughs> it. Go for it. You know, so there's several. Something I'll say out loud, and this one uh, mm-hmm. that I don't usually, uh, it is, well, that is really great to hear that you think I almost look real because... You have no idea how long it takes to get this human skin over my reptilian flesh <laughs> every freaking morning. That is a and, lot of work. <laughs> and so uh, I find it very gratifying that, that you would say that. Um, and now I'm going to have to eat you as my people on the show V, the documentary V, uh, have always done. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should definitely say that. You should. I think yeah. that would, it would be a great way to break the ice and to kind of just say, look, that's not cool. <laughs> and you're threatening to eat somebody. So that's, oh, I know. I love that it. goes over with most people. 
Well, Does it go over? Not at all. No. But I love it. I, I was about to be shocked if that were true. Yeah. Well, I think it depends on the person. Some people like to be eaten. <laughs> ah, yeah, gross. Uh, no, that's what she said. No, he's right. I do. <laughs> All right, more things that are important. So you mentioned that you talk about genitalia a lot. Yeah, you said that people (laughs) always ask about genitalia. Yeah. What are they asking? Like, like we were talking about this a little bit before, and I said, you know, like it seems to me people are just curious because really trans people are the only people who have, who can have modified genitalia. So I think that creates a curiosity. They're like, okay, so what happens down there? Well, and... you know, knowing that fact that mm-hmm. a lot of trans people, you know, may have had surgical modifications, mm-hmm. um, it kind of leads into the fact that those who've known trans folk before mm-hmm. or find out about <clears throat> someone's trans status, so, you know, they can see very publicly the changes. Mm-hmm. And and that's a, that's a more public and visual signal that there are other changes that they don't see. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as long as I'm wearing my skirt or my pants, you know, they then don't you can't actually see know. Yeah. Yeah, but um, some of the questions really are just about things that they don't understand. You know, here's a question: How do trans people have sex? Okay. Oh. Um, and hmm. the answer is in every single possible way you might imagine, yeah. which makes them not that much different than any you know cisgender person, any right. person who's not trans. They have sex mm-hmm. like everyone else. My right. guess is hopefully more creative. <laughs> um, I, you know, but I, that's what I want for all of my clients. I, <laughs> and I got that from that statement. I did. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I would hope, you know, answers to how do people have sex, you know, trans people have sex, might be um, well and often. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they I do think, it often. I think people, like because with that, with that, like a lot of people think of sex as it can only be penis and vagina intercourse and nothing else counts as sex. But like that leaves out that whole group of LGBTQIA people that some don't prefer that style of sex. Well, there some don't be, match up too. Well, so if you're a gay couple. So you, what can sex be? It can be oral sex. It can be fingering. It can be just stimulating a right. clitoris or just stimulating a penis. It can be whole body. So like that's just in the genital go on. region. Like it can be your whole body. I know people who Can orgasm. You be your nose? Yes, actually. Oh, yes. I used to work at a sex store, nose. and how we tested the vibrators was putting them on the end of our nose, and that's how you can tell how intense it'll be on your clitoris. So you know, it's a fun way to explore sex toys. I do it all the time to check how intense it'll be on my clitoris. <laughs> but the big, like, one of the rules is just stimulate nerve endings in a way that's pleasurable for both parties. Right. That's it. That's it. And so as long as you're yeah. stimulating them in fun and enjoyable ways, you're doing a great job. I don't know. It could be you. It could be me. I have do not disturb on. Go away phone. Go away phones. Is your phone down here? <laughs> My phone's right there. Oh. It's right there. It's right I there see. live streaming. I don't know Woo-hoo. if it was yours. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But continue. So oh, the answer is... Any way possible. <laughs> Any way possible. Uh, or I'll say, you know, trans people have sex the same way that cisgender and heterosexual people do. Mm-hmm. When you remember that everyone, you know, orgasms happen between these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not between the knees. Mm-hmm. Although so, they can in- be enjoyed between the knees, too. Um, <laughs> but the orgasm, the, the sensory. I know, I know. It's all up here. You know, this is Everything where, comes this is here. where we get it. Yeah. yeah. 
I think people are sometimes, they think that the mind is separate from the body. I know that came from psychology, which is totally crazy. Your mind and your body are completely connected. They're all the same. And what I found is when it's people aren't body. like connected to their body and they're kind of like in their own heads, even if you were like magical when it comes to how you use your fingers, they won't feel it. They will not feel it. It'll almost be numb because this, like you said, yeah. is not involved. They yeah, don't you notice. can't be busy doing algebra. Yeah. And be expected oh, definitely to not algebra. No. College algebra. So you know, that's our next PSA. Don't do algebra while you're trying to have sex, unless you're turned on by algebra. I always make that mistake. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is such an important piece of knowledge that I really should so. be out there. More. Especially if you're trying to deal with like logarithms. You oh just don't uh, yeah, touch I it. agree. That no. would just be too difficult. No. When having sex, just say no to calculus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Focus on your own log, not on a theoretical one. Oh, oh for all our math That's pops. a math Woo! joke of sorts. I hope you liked it, math yeah. people. <laughs> we have one math fan, I'm sure. Vulva, not vectors. Oh, <laughs> I love this. I love Vulva, that's going to be in the blog. Vulva, Vulva not, not vectors. vectors. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably ask more about what you do. <laughs> but we're having fun we do a lot of bunny jokes yeah. i hope you noticed that's a part yeah. of the show so so what are some other uh educational topics you cover yeah people always ask about genitalia but, but what are the but what are the other things mm-hmm. what do you think is the most important thing that somebody should learn about if they don't know a lot about transgendered people um you know some of this may sound <clears throat> so uh, intuitive that it shouldn't have to be said or mm-hmm. would need to be said, but but it kind of does. Yeah. Uh, respect pronouns. Yeah. If the person you you're talking to or might want to address is someone that you knew before their transition, um, you know there are a couple different strategies for finding out you know how they want to be addressed and or if there's been a name change. Mm-hmm. Some people early in their transition might go through more than one name mm-hmm. uh, is they're trying to work through the process of figuring out what they want to be called by for the rest of their life that's a big like that's a big yeah, decision I mean, it's how you identify yourself i still don't know what to call myself huh. we're just going to keep calling you josh honey uh, <laughs> fine okay i was so. thinking like alexander the great or something but i heard that's taken <laughs> mm. So, like, ask, ask what they would ask, like to sorry, be called. Bunny trail. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there are ways to do it that are that are less obtrusive and and make fewer assumptions, which mm-hmm. might and assumptions might cause offense. So, yeah. open it and questions that one could ask. Um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not sure how your name is spelled, so I'm not you know thinking what. I stating what I think your name might be mm-hmm. or how it should be spelled, right. and, and instead I'm you know opening that up for the person That's a smart way to of define asking their it. identity, yeah. To, yeah. to describe their identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, kind of leading by example. Hi, my name is Jamie Heilman. I use she/her pronouns. Mm-hmm. So by doing that, you know, a cisgender person doing that, they're kind of recognizing that importance of getting pronouns right because it really mm-hmm. does matter, and yeah. not just to trans people. I've never met a cis person that really liked someone consistently getting their pronouns wrong. No, I no. did not. I didn't like that. No. Yeah. I've had it. <laughs> well, yeah, because I had long hair when I was a young man. Uh huh. So if you have long hair, you may every once in a while get. Thanks, young lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those young bucks with their long hair. Yep. <laughs> but I was dressed grunge too, so I was like, yeah. Well, and yeah. they just, and that's the thing. So you don't always know if they're doing that on purpose or if they really think you no. look like a female. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I was beautiful. But anyway. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> we were all beautiful when we were young. Yeah, I know, I know. right? <laughs> those were the days. <laughs> 
What else do you think is important for people to know? Uh, trans. You know, to to ratchet down assumptions and expectations, um, not all trans people undergo medical transition. Mm-hmm. Of the four components of transition, medical, legal, social, psychotherapeutic, um, some do all, um, some, most don't. Mm-hmm. So assumptions about surgeries or procedures that someone might have had, you know, just kind of dial those expectations, those assumptions back mm-hmm. and let someone share what they're comfortable with sharing. Right. Um, I would definitely want to share that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, people st- are very invasive. It, it sounds like with uh, trans people, like nobody ever asked me about my penis ever in general. But I, 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 I'm assuming as a trans person, you get asked that a lot more than I do. So for trans people, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, how visible mm-hmm. our transitions are yeah. because we can look like very different people to people who knew us before. Mm-hmm. So what comes with that is, you know, this assumption that, you know, the things that aren't visible that they can't see have also right. changed. And people are like, as you said, the young people are, are curious. Yeah. But um, some questions I might ask back is, you know, is this information that you need to know <laughs> yeah. concerning the relationship you have with this person? Right. Um, yeah. if, is this a stranger you're talking to, yeah. for example? Yeah, someone next to you in line at the grocery store can probably successfully um, put their groceries up on the belt and pay for them without knowing <laughs> what your genitalia have been up to lately. <laughs> I love that. That's Yeah, yeah, I think they can. Yep, we love the use of humor. I think yeah. humor is a great way of like connecting people to information. So yeah. suddenly you're kind of like, Oh, I see that differently. That makes no sense. Why do you need to know about my genitalia to do groceries? Exactly. (laughs) And if you reverse it, I mean, and you were standing in line and someone just said, so what has your vagina been up to lately? (laughs) You know know what? I would be okay with you guys asking me that. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. You don't even like it when I ask it. (laughs) I'm totally messing with you. (laughs) You know, as... I have been asked, you know, virtually that same question, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have actually said, "Oh, well, thank you for asking." So I took her out for a walk this morning, <laughs> and later I've got a major grooming session planned. <laughs> you know, there was an SNL skit long ago where these people went to a, a nude beach, and the guy's like freaked out, and he's saying, "Oh my God, what are they going to say?" He's like, "It's not going to be that big of a deal. They're just going to be people." And so, it, basically, his biggest fear comes, comes to true. true because he goes out, and they're like, "Hey, how's your penis?" And they're like, "What?" Why are you talking? He's like, what? Oh, yours is a pretty small penis. So like everything Everybody, you would have worried yeah. about is what it's they happiness. talk about, like humans. And I loved it because I think that's that's probably an example of like yeah. ex- the experience of somebody asking about your genitals and like, I don't even know you. Are you sure you And that's the this? weird thing is like people are normally very like awkward about talking about sex and those intimate things. Like you're saying, he's going on the beach and you yeah. he fears the people and he'd be like, hey, what's up with your penis? People generally don't. So it, it has to be tough to be in that situation where people are on a regular basis asking about that. Like, I don't know how often it comes up. Like, do you get, do you get it once a month? Or <laughs> what would be the first couple now times a year? Like, <laughs> like how, how common is that? Josh is always that? has the wildest questions, to be fair. <laughs> well, like, I, I don't know how common no it is. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, I, I feel <laughs> obligated to point out this. Um, bit of info that I picked up somewhere along my life and that's that even before you get to that point where um, you know ostensibly these men on the beach are asking each other questions <laughs> yeah it, it should probably first be noted that um, that fear of another man asking about a man's penis and mm-hmm. has it been taken for a walk lately or what have you um, 
<laughs> not so much because most men would rather talk about their own penises. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, men do love their penises. They're a very strong part of their human. I'm a big nature. fan. You're a big fan. Oh, yeah. no, I've noticed this in my private practice, actually. Like if ever they have any issue with their penis, it is like a huge uh, problem. Like it's not just like, OK, uh, let's go to the doctor. Let's go to therapy. There is a, a huge transition to even like accept that they may be having a problem to eventually talk to their partner about it to maybe get help and if the help doesn't work right away they freak out you know like viagra doesn't work for every person if you just ignore a problem then it doesn't exist well that is how men deal with problems (laughs) don't you understand that gender males it works for me that way and that's why in all of (laughs) in denial since 1982 (laughs) in in all of world history there's never been a problem Nope, no problems at all. Well, that's true. We just no look the other here. way and everything's fine. No, yeah. that's how to live your life. No, please don't live your life that way, guys. Come on. Okay, so then um, you, you're you not just working with trans issues. You're also working with the others. So LGBTQIA. Plus. And plus? What's plus? <laughs> What's plus? Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. They keep adding stuff at the end, but is that kind of an all-inclusive? Well, we should also identify the LGBTQIA. L, lesbian, gay, bi, trans, trans. what is it, Q, Q, queer, queer, queer or questioning, is is I intersex, asexual, and then what's plus? Or asexual or agender. Agender, okay. And the plus holds space for any identities that aren't Mm. explicitly listed in Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. initialism of LGBTQIA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's so an attempt it's a, to be very inclusive. It's, it's, a, it's an inclusive it's a symbol plus. of inclusiveness. Yes. Yeah, well, it literally you. is because you're literally adding stuff. It's like we plus. are willing to add everyone. We well, want everybody don't to worry. feel safe to be You're welcome to be under the umbrella. <laughs> the, the intent of inclusion made manifest. That's, yep. the, that's the plus. See. It I works. See. So, what kinds of work do you do with the other? <laughs> the other <Sure>. letters. <laughs> the other letters. <laughs> so, people. They're called I know, people, right? Angela. I know people. Uh, ah. You're always calling people letters. It's so rude. (laughs) Soylent green. We're not eating them, Angela. I know. Well, we did talk about eating people earlier, didn't we? Right? The lizard. No. And And full full circle. circle. (laughs) It's too early to go full circle. We're only at a half hour. Anyway. (laughs) But people do talk about each other with letters. She's a real B. He's a real D. Oh, I just say D. He's a real (laughs) A-H. A-H? She's a real see you next Tuesday. Right? That's yeah. ones that people use. Yeah. <laughs> and? So, uh, for me, it's partly because... Um, Let's not spell that, Angela. It's PG or G. We're I'm trying, trying to yeah. be PG. You Go spelled C U. We were going to stop Tuesday. cutting, Jamie, off. I'm cutting you chance. off. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. I hope we're okay with you. No. So, um, you know, it's twofold for me why I uh, do both trans and LGBTQIA um advocacy and education in my professional work mm-hmm. um one e- even though the t is separate so you know we're talking about gender identity mm-hmm. and not sexual orientation you know attraction orientation mm-hmm. um when it comes to inclusion in the workplace um it's very closely tied to people's understanding because most people don't mm-hmm. make that distinction so it's it's actually easier to talk about trans issues within the context of greater LGBTQ issues when I'm working with, say, um, you know, HR um, execs, you know, people who are key stakeholders in, in making a, a workplace more inclusive. And secondly, it's also because it's it, 
almost impossible to separate the tea from the rest. Mm-hmm. And and here's why. Only 33% of trans people self-describe as heterosexual. Mm. So the remaining 67% identify, you know, as long as as with the T, but also with another letter. Mm-hmm. So I am a woman who is a trans person um, and also happens to be a lesbian. So I've got two letters. Mm. I see. Sounds so good. it's important to kind of cover all of it. You know, because they're you part meant... of all those other groups a lot of times. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And they all need inclusion. Mm-hmm. One thing you mentioned is like things in the workplace. Um, I'm kind of curious what things would be helpful. Like if ever, there's employers listening or people who want their workplace to be more inclusionary, like what are things that we can do in the workplace to make it a more comfortable place for everyone? Sure. So a business uh, or an institution can have a non-discrimination policy for both uh, sexual orientation and gender identity. Mm-hmm. They can um, they can have um, counseling for, say, management and workmates um, available or bring an educator, a competent educator from outside mm-hmm. to work with employees when, say, they have a transitioning employee. Um, having gender-neutral um, and safe bathroom space. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's not just important to a trans person who maybe is kind of middle transition, mm-hmm. not comfortable using either one of the binary bathrooms. But that's a, that's a plus for a whole lot of other people, too. People with disability would appreciate, you know, a gender-neutral single stall. Mm-hmm. I um, think most people would. Yeah. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't like sharing a bathroom. Yeah. yeah. and like, like With anybody. And now, I like the I like it when I go to a place like the I go over here and there's a bathroom and there's one bathroom. You go in, you're the only person gets in their there. Everybody own stall. I don't know why that was such a big deal, you know. And actually, I hate being in the women's line for the restrooms. I would much rather go to a gender neutral stall where everybody's going to the same place. And sometimes it's quick and sometimes it's slow, but you all have to wait the same amount. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm having, not bitter. <laughs> having that space. Having a space available is is actually of use to a lot of people, not just not just mm-hmm. a trans employee or, mm-hmm. or coworker or customer or client. Um, so all of those things um, and a lot of terminology that could be exclusionary for mm-hmm. trans folk um, because it's very gendered. You know, it isn't always necessary. Um, you know, mailman. Well, mm-hmm. about. Forty percent of male men are actually male women. women. I yeah. call them male persons. So <laughs> I male, call male lady, I've done that for male years. person, the male is, person. <laughs> we have a woman who delivers our mail. Yeah, yeah. that's kind Whatever. of humorous. Uh, male person, <laughs> the male um, person. Male. <laughs> I've done it for a very long time. Hello, male sentience. Male person. <laughs> or male sentience. carrier. The male carrier. Male carriers. Carrier. I think what they commonly well, use. I was thinking, like, I've had a female. I've had all kinds of male people, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, it could be a male person. Well, that, that goes back to a long... Salesperson? That goes back to the long history where really a lot of women didn't work in that era. Back yeah, in the 40s I and 50s. So, so, I guess it, so. it was a lot of times a male man. So. Mm-hmm. But now, no. It, a lot of the women work in the male service. Well, and a lot yeah. of... Like a lot of people, a lot of people work in the military. A lot of people work all over the place. So it's just, I yeah. don't know, inclusionary person. Yep. <laughs> and, and that kind of reinforces the point, you know, 
removing needlessly gendered language, it doesn't just mm-hmm. benefit trans people, but also benefits us all. You know, mm-hmm. with, you know, oh, the yeah. idea of gender equality. Thinking of like, you know, like thinking of growing up, like if you think, oh, you can only be a man if you work in the mail, you know, like, yeah, the more that we remove that gender stigma, I think the easier it is for people to feel like, oh, I can be represented right. in this group. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Like only a man could be a policeman. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. a woman can certainly also be a police officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, police yeah. officer. See, look at all that. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so do you mind if we ask a little bit about your own personal transition? Is that well, an okay first, to- Well, okay. I yeah. wanted to actually ask about... <laughs> oh, he already took it over. So history. <laughs> you mentioned you talk about history. I'm a big fan of history. I like hearing about history. What are, what are some of the history topics that you t- discuss? So sometimes people will counsel against acceptance or mm-hmm. recognition uh, for trans people, will argue against the medical necessity of, say, transition-related health care. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of those claims is that, well, you know, this is experimental. We don't know anything about this. We shouldn't let these people do these things. But there's actually, you know, almost 100 years of history about, you know, looking at trans people and listening to trans people. Hmm. Um, almost a hundred years uh, of research and study, um, unfortunately, which got broken up, derailed um, by World War II, mm-hmm. and it began again in the late fifties, and um, and led to what we have today, the World Professional Association for Transgender Health and their standards of care. <coughs> That's WPATH. That's WPATH. WPATH. I'm an associate member. I'm proud mm-hmm. to um, to be able to work with them, and. So a few things come out of that that I think are useful to share with folks in terms of history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trans people are not mentally ill mm-hmm. just for being transgender, um, and we've seen the evolution of that throughout history, throughout the American Psychiatric Associations. Was it a diagnosis Ch- at one point? Changes yeah. in diagnosis in the DSM. In the DSM and mm. 2013, the DSM five confirmed that it is not pathology. Wait, they they didn't take it out till then. 2013, or was it just? Uh, the gender dysphoria diagnosis mm-hmm. of the DSM-5 mm-hmm. um, made it clearly not pathology. Before that, the diagnosis had been gender identity disorder. So a mm-hmm. disorder it's a is, disorder, something is pathology. Treated. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that can be fixed. Historically, sex has always been kind of demonized in the DSM, just to put that out there. Like, mm-hmm. only recently have we started to allow, like... Um, what is it? Fetishes. So now fetishes, the only thing that makes it more of a pathology is if it's non-consensual mm-hmm. or if it is causing severe harm to the individual person, which I think is important because before people were like, oh, no, what are people doing spanking each other in rooms? They're you know, not there's like something us, wrong so with there them. must be something wrong and with them. Yeah. the other thing people used to say is if, if they're not having sex in the way that I'm having sex, then there must be something wrong with them, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is unfair. <laughs> So yeah. that makes sense that like it takes a while for I guess even honestly even the psychology to to come uh come to the future. <laughs> Welcome to modern times. Words. They're woke. They woke. Oh, I love that. You're so silly. <laughs> Although if we allow people to spank each other, it's a slippery slope. That's almost the same as saying Yes, I welcome the Martian communist invasion. <laughs> oh no. Or snuff films. 
And yep. that's, <laughs> exactly. Those are, guys, so that is called a leap in logic. Yeah. So just because... <laughs> Whoa, of, don't use these crazy no, medical I, terms, Angela. Uh, a leap not, away from logic. <laughs> no, but that's the point. So like people... Okay, so people read some research and then uh-huh. they say, okay, because of this, then therefore this. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wanting people to know that phrase because a lot of leaps in logic are created based By on... correlation. Or correlations. And actually, correlation does not equal causation. In fact, good research is always changing, growing, evolving. We're learning more. So if you read one thing today, it may be different tomorrow because mm-hmm. that's the nature of good research. So no, you can't definitively say one thing just because of one, another, <laughs> of <thing>. another thing. <laughs> one one of my it. favorite such examples of that. That was a that. long bunny trail. I know, I'm sorry. Go on, continue. <laughs> bring that, it so full circle. <laughs> of that illogic are that, mm-hmm. well, trans and LGBT people um, can't reproduce. So that tells us that they're an aberration that they're not normal well first off who said we can't i have who told you you couldn't do that hundreds (laughs) of lesbian and gay and bi and trans friends in um all kinds of relationships who create family you know with children in all kinds Mm -hmm. of ways Mm -hmm. yeah and um the the one thing that they all have in common is that creating family on the basis of love is always a good and beautiful thing mm-hmm. and um, and lgbt folk are as capable of that as any as any other so mm-hmm. first off you know yeah yes we can we can reproduce and have families huh anyway go on Sorry. yeah i think I a, something sound. it sounded like it exploded near a house we're hoping everything's okay but why josh is a little freaked out as we north did just korea I think so it's far, it's not a bomb. Kim Jong Un <laughs> is invading St. Louis. I know it. Why St. Louis? People always think you're going to get invaded. Who cares about St. Louis? <laughs> but anyhow, I do, Angela. I, I do. Because <laughs> if you can invade there in St. Louis, in the middle of the country, mm-hmm. if you can invade there, you can invade anywhere. Yeah, yeah that's true. So it's, that's it's, true. Yeah, we're pretty far. We're pretty inland. barricaded in, I guess. So. Yeah. Anyhow, back to what you were saying. What were we talking about? Back so, on track. <laughs> Yeah, trans, trans and gay people not only do have families, mm-hmm. um, but it's the most normal thing in the world to to want to create family and yeah. to want to have children for those people who who want to. Yeah. So this idea that well, only if you know people have families in the way in the nuclear family way, the way that I was raised, the way that I think it's supposed to be, is mm-hmm. only is the only normal way. Even though the nuclear family has existed for less than a century. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to put some research into that perspective, um, we've looked at families now. We have we have data now that shows that families that are raised by LGBTQ uh, parents versus your traditional cisgender parents, there is no difference. And to some degree, in some of those families, there might be a little bit better uh, outcomes because there's more openness, more acceptance for who you are. So if they have any differences growing up, then they feel more accepted to come out and safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, sorry, yeah, that guys. is your phone. That is my phone. I will turn it off. You guys keep talking, but I will close that. <laughs> so those are some challenges that have been present historically. I knew it was her phone. And those out. are some responses. <laughs> um, and yeah. I love that Angela, you know, used some facts and and yeah, know, she loves evidence based facts. I love. Facts. I'm Angela. So Let's use reality to measure everything. I know. I know, right? That would be even worse than switching to the metric system. Uh. 
It would be so much easier. Well, Everything's divisible by 10. Exactly. I turned it all yeah. down, guys. Sorry about You don't have to that. tell me. And it makes sense, <laughs> too. Yeah. Well, and I want to be fair. Like, so my philosophy in life is that you need three things to be happy. What? Facts, empathy, and transparency. Wait, if you wait, wait. have those three things. I think you need money well, and food. Sure. Okay. There's the Maslow's sex. hierarchy of needs. But I'm what I'm saying is that if we can teach people deep empathy and acceptance for others and we can teach them facts then this is the crazy part people can make good decisions for themselves <laughs> you go too far Andrew. i know next thing you know democracy will be breaking out everywhere and what then what then <laughs> i don't know it's not working too well for us so no but it's true and i see it with like the children that are being raised when like we're raising a daughter with this with this concept in mind what concept empathy empathy, empathy. Yeah. and like it's funny like so i have a deaf mother and so i learned a lot about like facial expressions and cues and one of the first ways to teach empathy is just by showing your face mm-hmm. and what experience is happening as like as if they do if something they hurt so you. for example yeah. if she throws something at us we get right in her like, face oh, we're like ouch ouch instead of yelling hurts. at her we're not yeah. yelling at her but we're ex- showing her the experience that she has affected us that she's yeah. affected us and and now she's like this is like almost three-year-old kid and she's like it's okay, okay. i'm sorry she uh, apologizes she hug. hugs she says thank you she's the she's happiest awesome. kid in her daycare yeah. i'm telling you guys this i don't stuff know if works. you know this but we're pretty awesome parents. Uh, no it's <laughs> pretty much that. what angela's saying no, i'm saying that uh, like instead uh, of like uh, right you're teaching trying, empathy stop trying to control yeah. your children start teaching them to be good people themselves right <laughs> yeah praxis over theory I think so. I don't know what that means. What's praxis? <laughs> Tell us what you mean. <laughs> What's praxis? What, well, what do you think by the huh? the actual doing of something? Oh, you know, practice. The, the practice of something practice. rather than I saying, don't hear words. Oh, I thought you. Uh, he, I think he heard praxis, like yeah. the praxis test. That's yeah. what I thought and you were talking about. <laughs> that's what I had. You know, it, it, <laughs> you're like taking an exam. Uh, do yeah, as I do, it. and not got as it. I say. Oh, got I gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yep. There yep, we yep, go. There you go. <laughs> So anyhow, I, I did want, is it okay if I ask the question? Go for then? it. Like, yeah. I am curious about I'll allow it. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for asking your husband oh, for well, permission. because I tried to ask a question. You totally sent it somewhere else. Is it okay if I ask about what your transition process was like? Sure. Okay. What was it like? <laughs> well, I'm so, asking because if she doesn't want to talk about it, that's sure. fine too. I, I know. <laughs> so like a lot of people, um, mine took several years. Mm-hmm. Going from that stage of... Uh, awareness Mm -hmm. so for me that moment when i knew that i was trans that i was five years old oh wow but i obviously (laughs) didn't have the word trans because i assure you in 1972 in union county illinois the word transgender did not exist no but that doesn't mean that trans people couldn't exist right so i i was aware of that disconnect in my life but i had no idea what to do about it and Mm -hmm. i was steadfastly against it i assure you if it could have been denied away or prayed if you away could change it you would i yeah. would have done it i yeah. absolutely would have which done is it. one of those arguments people say of like what you know like yeah, this is a choice for you these people like why why would you choose to have a harder life to have a harder life yeah. <laughs> yeah. well that's very logical yeah <laughs> but not everybody uses logic we've already co- we've already covered so that. Go on. continue with so you were five when you when you realized you were trans you didn't know the word yet but so that's something that i carried throughout my life mm-hmm. and um I reached that point that most of us do where, so in addition to awareness and acceptance, you know, well, this is who I am. This is not a mental illness. I'm not possessed by a demon. 
Oh, good to oh. know. Um, you know Which, by the way, that's not a diagnosis. Possessed by a demon does not exist in Wait, the DSM. My doctor need, has to answer for something. <laughs> God. So I reached that point where, you know, moving from awareness, acceptance um, to, to action. And I began my, okay. my transition. Yeah. And at first, uh, it was reaching out for a therapist who mm-hmm. was culturally competent and had experience with trans issues because you might think that a lot of people um with social work and psychiatric training would be familiar with trans experiences and and how to work with trans folk uh, when it comes to gender identity that's just not the case no No, it's not and they're not not, uh, the same is true of any sexuality issues and and being inclusive with lgbt so if somebody were wanting to find a therapist who were inclusive and understanding of that would they want to look for a sex therapist specifically or is there you could we tend to be a little more inclusive but there's other places to find them right um, I actually know several sex therapists who I, I would recommend as being yeah. trans culturally competent and, and would work with trans folk um, mm-hmm. when it comes to identity, you know, when they're just starting that part of their journey. Mm-hmm. It's a part but, of our training. That's why. Sure. Continue. Um, mm-hmm. I would also advise folks to look at trans community resources and for referrals there. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Metro Trans Umbrella Group of St. Louis, MTUG, as well as uh, my own organization, uh, TES, mm-hmm. yeah. Trans Education Service. We both have uh, links to resources on our page. Mm-hmm. And I've put together as extensive uh, list as I can. And when it comes to um, therapists and clinicians, you know, these are all people who are have been vetted mm-hmm. and recommended uh, as uh, trans and LGBT culturally competent. Mm-hmm. So um, that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I was lucky. Um, I, I had the right therapist, the right therapist for me. That's good. And um, I was able to, to start that journey. And, um, you know, one of the smallest parts of it is clothing and outward appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, and I've talked to a whole lot of other people, and this is particularly something of issue for trans women, because in our society, women are always on stage. Women are always judged yeah. by their appearance more always than objectified to some yeah. Degree. Um, and mm. so, you know, early in transition, there's this enormous lack of self confidence about appearance, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of, of conversation about it. But you know, as one goes further in the other mm. aspects of transition, maybe it's medical, legal, psychotherapeutic, mm-hmm. um, social. Just knowing that you're comfortable with who you are in your own skin. Well, I am a woman, so this T-shirt I'm wearing—it's a woman's T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. You know, does it, you know? Maybe it was unisex, or maybe it's a, a fitted—you know—close-in short, short, short cap sleeve T-shirt, a women's T-shirt. Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. But if if you're you and you're wearing it, it's your clothes, and you're a woman, then it's a woman's clothes. Mm-hmm. And having that attitude is probably the most important piece of of transition really over any medical procedure or anything else because that means you can walk through the world as yourself no matter what you're doing or where you're going Mm -hmm. and i would say that's key that's the one of the biggest parts of being comfortable with who you are is accepting that you are a woman and well that your gender identity i don't want to leave out my trans Mm -hmm. siblings who are non-binary or my trans brethren sure um but that your gender identity but you specific you personally yeah right that your gender is yours yeah yeah and so is that a big part of what happens in the therapeutic process you were talking about going to therapy is 
Yeah. yeah. You know, in- integrating, you know, one's own gender identity mm-hmm. instead of something external, something to be fought, you know, mm-hmm. that that is indeed who one is and to be comfortable with it. Yeah. So of the four main pieces of transition, that's why psychotherapeutic is one and, and mm-hmm. why it's important. Yeah. Um, because once you've got that, you can kind of manage all the rest. Um, yeah. Once I became comfortable in my own skin, I spent a whole lot less time worrying about my makeup. I I wore a lot less makeup because I realized what a great thing it was to to get ready for work and not have to spend that extra 10 minutes or 15 <laughs> minutes on my face. You know, I could just do what I felt like I had to, um, you know, yeah. just for to look professional. You don't feel like you have to go full. The whole, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to look like you're going to the prom every day. Yeah. Oh, God. The hair. <laughs> the hair. <laughs> they have, it has to be at least three inches high, I hear. I had a, you do I the had a prom ready. <laughs> I had a flashback to 1983. Yeah. And, and Aquanet. All of the Aquanets. <laughs> oh, all that, I still have a candle. All that my ozone my is dead. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's important for everybody too, that like, you know, obviously as a therapist, I'm always trying to encourage people to feel confident in themselves, but I think a lot of people struggle with that sense of self-identity and, and feeling confident in yourself. Who am I? Well, and yeah. I, you know, I think, I think that's a part of everyone's life journey is how do I get comfortable in my skin? How do I identify in a way that feels respectful and comfortable to me? I think me? it's a struggle for a lot of adults. Yeah. yeah. Adulting or and teens. feelings. Yeah. People hate feelings. I'm an adult. <laughs> Um, were there any particular challenges in your transition process that, like, I mean, were your family comfortable with it or were your friends or, or did you have any struggle along the way? So I put off coming out to my parents mm-hmm. um, longer than I really needed to. And I was afraid. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't necessarily afraid that they wouldn't love me anymore. I was afraid that they wouldn't know how to love me in the way that they had. Oh, and I mean, it would change somehow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I didn't want to cause them shame, mm-hmm. uh, humiliation, or hurt that they had somehow failed, that, you know, they had somehow made a mistake. So, those were things I, I worried a lot about. That's a lot to hold on to. That's, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. How did they respond? Were they supportive? They were. They absolutely awesome. astonished me. Yeah. That's cool. it, it didn't go at all like how I'd planned at no, all. No, no. Yeah. Everything you worried about, none of it. It was none of that. Yeah. No. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's cool. That's special. Well, if only every trans person had that much luck that when it experience. comes to their parents and family. Yeah. I'm very grateful. A lot easier. Yeah. I'm very grateful. Yeah. And I got to That's keep awesome. my family. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a... I don't know the exact number on the research, but there is a high number of homeless trans persons... Um, because not every family is accepting. And, and so, I mean, part of why we need to educate. One thing I love that you said is a big part of this is education, is teaching people, giving them facts. We've mm-hmm. said this, but with facts and a deep and amount of empathy for others, I think people can learn to accept some of these things and not see it as this big failure. There's something wrong with a person, but that it's just some people turn out to be trans. Some people are different than you. Some people turn out to be lesbian. Some people... And it's okay. 0.7%. There are 1.4 million trans folk in the United States. You you mentioned homelessness. Uh, Mm -hmm. That that is a real issue when it comes to youth. There are about 200,000 homeless youth, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's under 18 in the United States. That's a lot. And 
um, 80,000 of them are LGBT. Mm-hmm. So that's a really high that's percentage. That's a high percentage yeah. for the actual population. Mm-hmm. And half of those kids. So that would be, that would be what? That'd be, yeah, 40,000 out of 200,000. Half of those kids are trans. Mm. So there's a lot of familial rejection and, and rejection to the point where they're actually thrown out of their home. Hmm. That's tough. Yeah. No, it is. It's tough. And we need a, we need as a culture to get more comfortable with these issues so that's not happening because I think everybody does deserve a loving home. And whether it's a, a, a family of choice or just making families more accepting and loving, I hope that's the goal. <laughs> you know, for some, that yeah. is what family values, the phrase family values. That's what it should be right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't let Trump more and all of them control that word <laughs> because they are really ripping it apart in a terrible way. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I think it should be about love. I agree. So are there any final points or thoughts that you wanted to share before we close yeah, the show? We're about at the end, we're right in an hour, actually. Yeah. yeah. The important things people should know. <laughs> um, so and I've already said where resources might be. Yeah. And um, your website, uh, transedservice.com. Yeah. yeah what, what can people find out about there? Mm-hmm. So they can see the different presentations that I have available they can see um, the resource link for medical and psychotherapeutic res- uh, resources, but lots of others too, and community resources. That's good. Um, such as MTUG support groups. I really, I really want to me- make sure I mention those. Mm-hmm. They run um, peer support groups for you know, different identities within the trans community. Mm-hmm. So they have the locker room for trans men, mm-hmm. uh, femspec for trans women. Um, you know gender expression for non-binary and gender non-conforming folks and uh and also one for intersex people so these are important and it offers up an opportunity for acceptance and community and information for people who may be struggling with where they are Mm -hmm. um i want to make sure i plug that because that's a very important resource for for folks and we want people to have the resources and then there's also the support group, uh, the family room in St. Louis, which is for the partners and family, close friends of trans folk huh. who uh, who need their support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's probably good ed- educational support for them as well, because they can mm-hmm. meet other families who are learning about the same process. Right. It's affirming yeah. and social. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, thank you so much for being a yeah. part of our show. And of course, I do my plugs. If you want to see a therapist in the St. Louis area, I'm at www.therapistinstlouis.com. And of course, there's our About Sex podcast. And I have my book coming out in January. It's going to be coming out January 28th. I got the date. And so the book is Helping Couples Overcome Infidelity, a therapist's manual. But of course, for all of my books, I write them for both clinicians and clients. So it's very easily readable. Sounds good. All right. Well, this has been the About Sex Podcast. Check us out at www.aboutsexpodcast.com. And please leave us a comment or give us a review on iTunes. Yep. Thank Thank you you for joining us. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.